G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, some attention to Australia's involvement in the support and even defence of Ukraine against the invading force of Russia. A request from the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to up levels of support, including training troops, has Aussies divided. Family Voice Australia, Queensland State Director Andrew McColl has been thinking through these issues. And Andrew's back with us once again today. Andrew, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil, and good morning, listeners. Andrew, as a Christian, thinking about the conflict, Ukraine and, uh, you know, a big bully invader coming from Russia, uh, we've taken sides in this conflict. Uh, There are challenging situations still ahead, even the potential for nuclear war. I wonder if you've got a thought or two, and I know that we like to ground our conversations in the scripture in what God might speak as wisdom into even conflict that might be happening in a modern age. I wonder if you've got some thoughts that might uh, uh, just get our uh, our thinking happening so far as the conflict is going on. Well, Neil, I think it's always important to apply our faith to what we're doing in our world around us. And we don't want to get into the situation where we left our Bible at home and went to work and forgot about what we're supposed to be doing. And um, when we're looking at at being involved with people overseas in a conflict, we have to think about whether how, how important that is, whether that's legitimate. And I'm, I'm speaking as one Christian to, obviously, I, I guess most of our audience is Christian. But Paul has some advice for us in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen, where he says, "Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? For what fellowship has light with darkness?" And I have no idea about the the, the Ukraine's religious state and the whether I know that yes. The, the, the Russian Orthodox or the Eastern Orthodox Church is probably predominant there, and I won't start on that discussion, but I'm always cautious about involving myself in contracts or arrangements or even covenants, dare I say, with people who I don't really know enough about and I'm not convinced that they have a great deal of Christian background. And I think there's a fair bit of Bible that talks about this. And if we just begin with the example of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 18, verses 1 to 3, we get a, a, a biblical example of someone who started off in many, many ways with good intentions, but got himself into a right pickle because he wasn't very selective about who he chose to get into some conflicts with. And... If we look at that text, Second Chronicles 18, 1 to 3, 
it says this, Now Jehoshaphat had great riches and honor, and he allied himself by marriage with Ahab. Some years later he went down to visit Ahab at Samaria, and Ahab slaughtered many sheep and oxen for him and the people who were with him, and induced him to go up against Ramoth Gilead. Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Would you go up with me against Ramoth Gilead? And he said to him, I am as you are, and my people as your people, and we will be with you in the battle. So Jehoshaphat covenants with Ahab. Now, Jehoshaphat should have known that was what God had specifically commanded his people were not to do. Ahab butters him up, has this great feast, of course any king can put on a great feast to somebody, hoping to see him killed in the fight. Jehoshaphat takes the bait, and later, verse 31, only escapes with a miracle. He gets a rebuke from a prophet in chapter 19, but he survives. This is not very smart, Jehoshaphat. What he had done was he'd got his son married to Ahab's daughter. That was a disaster waiting to happen. Guess what? It did happen. So you can come over to Second Chronicles 21, verses 3 and 4. And Jehoshaphat now, of course, as people do, he died. So verses 3 and 4 says their father, meaning Jehoshaphat, speaking about his sons, their father gave them many gifts of silver, gold, and precious things with fortified cities in Judah. But he gave the kingdom to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. Okay, this is the guy who got married to Ahab's daughter. This is looking problematical. Now, when Jehoram had taken over the kingdom of his father and made himself secure, he killed his brothers with a sword and some of the rulers of Israel also. That was not so good. So we have here what can happen when, oh, we think we're doing the right thing. We think we're doing, oh, we, we want to get involved in this conflict. That will be fine, won't it? Whoops, I don't think it's quite as simple as that. Neil. So a lot of wisdom required, and uh, this is where I guess we pray for our leaders that they might make wise decisions and those sorts of examples, of course, from uh, Old Testament narrative, they are really quite powerful, uh, powerful because uh, yeah, be careful who you're aligning with because these things can backfire uh, down the track, uh, perhaps even a generation into the future. At the same time, though, Andrew, let me just uh, just throw this in and get your thought because, of course, we are global citizens and uh, people remember that not speaking up against Adolf Hitler annexing nations, uh, leading to the horror of war and invasions and the Holocaust, the Second World War, uh, the thought that uh, global citizens do have to band together to resist the bully and perhaps they might not all be on the same page uh, and they might not all uh, be of the one faith, uh, but they do have to still re- resist the bully. Thoughts here on how you might apply those sorts of, you know, understandings from Scripture, uh, applying a wise way of uh, of moving forward uh, to the modern scenario of Ukraine and the Russian invasion. Well, I certainly agree with you about being global citizens, and I definitely agree about about not not just letting a bully have their way. 
we have to look at the full story. You'd be aware that one of the first casualties of war is the truth. Uh, governments have a peculiar way of involving themselves in telling other people their own position and what they think other people should believe and say and do. Now, we can call that propaganda. It generally is propaganda. And unless we get both sides of the discussion on a matter, we only finish up with one, a, a very one-sided discussion which would lead us to say, oh, doesn't this sound terrible? All the good guys are over on this side and all the bad guys, well, they're all over the other, the other side, aren't they? Well, that might be the case, but it commonly isn't. And so we've got a messy situation here. Now, let me just give you a little bit more information about what's been happening in the Ukraine, which I think is I think is actually true. So the, there's a lady by the name of Victoria Newland, N-U-L-A-N-D, and, and, and listeners can go and Google her name, which I did this morning, by the way. She is an Undersecretary of State for, for Political Affairs from the United States. In 2014, she helped, she went to the Ukraine with a with one goal and one goal only. That was to stir up a coup d'etat against legally constituted government of the Ukraine. She succeeded in that. She had, a, she had deep pockets provided by her government to see if she could do this and, and, and hoping it would come about. Well, it did. And what's important to understand is the Russians know about that. The Russians knew about it and they deeply resented what that lady had succeeded in accomplishing. So it's not quite as simple as it initially appears. As a consequence, there have been tensions in the Ukraine all this time between 2014 and here we are in 2022. They've been there especially in the last probably all this year and longer because there's been ill feeling from mostly the western side of the Ukraine towards the east, which tends to identify much more with Russia. They speak Russian on that side of the Ukraine. So that, that tension went from verbal to fighting and the, the western side of the Ukraine was bombing, that is shelling, people in the east, which, as I said, identify with the Russians. That really upset the Russians. So in this background, what you're saying is that Ukraine was perhaps on the verge or in the middle of what might have been uh, the beginnings of civil war. Is that what you're saying here, Andrew? Well, I think so, and, and, and when you have, I mean, I'm a great believer, as I'm sure most Australians are, in constitutionalism. We do things by law, we do things by the book. There is a book, it's called the Australian Constitution, and, and this is how we go about things legally, well, we should be, and if we think we can throw the book away and just do it um, our, our own way, that's going to cause dramas. We have a constitution that was worked out. We do things a certain way. We're, we're, in general terms, Australians are 
legally abiding or law-abiding people. That's the way we think that things ought to be done in a civilised and indeed in a Christian society. So alignments here with Ukraine, you're saying that this is where leaders need to be super wise in our alignments because there is this request that's coming for more involvement, not just the provision of military aid equipment, as we've been doing, but also now for our personnel to be training those troops in Ukraine or or outside of Ukraine, some are suspecting that that might even happen in the UK. So you're thinking that deepening our involvement uh, may need to be rethought? How, how are you seeing things? Well, I am thinking that, yes. And that what's happened already, Neil, is that, is that we've had our, our previous Prime Minister, Mr Morrison, made this statement in, in, in relation to the Bushmasters that we've been gifting to the Ukraine. He said, Australia may be thousands of kilometres away, but we're standing side by side with Ukraine against this illegal invasion. Now, I did not think that we had a treaty with the Ukraine. I didn't think we had any legal commitment to stand alongside the Ukraine. That's essentially saying... We're actually rather talking the same language that Jehoshaphat used with Ahab, and Jehoshaphat made a mess of that one. And it, it, it's 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 going to cause problems. Now we've we've already committed to giving the Ukraine sixty bushmasters, and they're worth about two and a half million dollars each. And my calculator this morning told me that's that's one hundred and forty-seven million dollars in total gifted to the Ukraine. Now, our budget in Australia is already a long way in the red this year. We're having problems getting governments to get out of the red. They spend money that they haven't got. So we've got to look at this and say, uh, I'm not sure, Mr Morrison, this is such a good idea. Now, of course, he's gone and we've had a change of government since May. How are we doing this? I don't think it's all been altogether wise. Of course, uh, today we may be asked to support and help our global neighbour. In the next generation to come, uh, maybe we're actually asking for support from our global neighbours. Perhaps we might look to have them scratch our back as we scratch theirs. This is what being a good global citizen is about, no doubt. But but still, I can see your point there uh, when you've got a foundation that you don't know where the outcomes will move to the future. Uh, one thing I do note and picked up a little bit of detail just before our conversation today that, uh, that pro-Russian forces have been closing churches and arresting pastors in occupied Ukraine. Um, occupying forces have closed down three of the largest evangelical Protestant churches in Melitopol and shut down churches in Mariupol. In another raid, pro-Russian soldiers reportedly claimed that the only one faith would be tolerated, and that is Russian orthodoxy. Uh, interesting there to uh, you know to bring a religious dimension into what's happening with the uh, Russian invasion as well. And in some sense, you know, making sense of how all of this works, uh, you to be a supporter of Ukraine, you're going to have to turn a blind eye to some things, but you're going to have to actually look at the bigger aggressor ultimately, aren't you? 
Well, well, you do have to look at the, at the bigger aggressor, and I do understand, I have heard historically, that the Russian Orthodox Church doesn't tolerate other churches. And the Russian government well, the, does tend to accept that position. So from their point of view, there's, there's Russian Orthodox and there's nothing else. Okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's such a such a thoughtful or a, a brotherly way to treat other churches, but that's how they do things. But what we've also found, Neil, historically, is that is that there, there's been a, a there's been a common failing in Australia's war involvement going back over a century, and the common failing has been that we've had inadequate understanding of all the issues in that particular place in the world, and we've also been emotionally involved. We were emotionally involved, particularly. In World War One and World War Two, we felt that there was a, a great need to identify with the with the empire, and hey, this is our this is our king, and he's in a he's in a scrap, and so we've got to go and do this because that's the right thing to do. Well, it, it, it seemed like a good idea at the time. However, what we didn't know as we committed to World War One. There'd be sixty thousand men who went across there that didn't come back, and and we had to after the war it was a, a, quite a shock to realise just how many men had perished in some faraway ditch somewhere in Europe or the Dardanelles or wherever, and we had to say, well, what was all that about? And then it didn't work out so well. So guess what? We're back over there in World War Two all over again. Whoops. Uh, those involvements in European affairs that Australian governments very readily committed to, they were they were painful ones, and the outcomes, particularly after the First World War, was not a happy one because they were back there twenty years later fighting another war. So we've got these issues going on now. What I what I also need to under, need to explain is that we've had. World War One. Well, we by the first battle or fighting that we were involved in was the well, one of the first was the Boer War. We had no idea what was happening over there. Sent people off there. Oh yeah, off to a jolly war. Well, it wasn't so jolly. It was an awful war where innocent people died, and unfortunately, it was South African people who died who were innocent. They they weren't even always participating in the war. So we get involved in these things, and the cases near like Vietnam, our, our involvement with Vietnam, which was basically, to be frank with you, based on a presidential fabrication. There was no attack on U.S. Navy ships by the North Vietnamese. It, it never happened. It was a lie. Uh, we had, and, and you can remember, and many of our listeners will, what happened with Iraq and WMD weapons of mass destruction. They never existed. It was a propaganda technique to encourage people to get upset, to jump up and down and do something about those supposedly naughty people in Iraq. Well, they didn't have weapons of mass destruction. It was a propaganda lie. Well, Andrew, uh, a lot of people trying to make sense still of what might be the motivation of Vladimir Putin uh, in the invasion of Ukraine, but uh, certainly adding some depth to some insights today. And uh, for listeners who want to connect with Family Voice Australia... 
perhaps connect with Andrew McColl. Uh, familyvoice.org.au. Andrew is Family Voice Australia, Queensland State Director. Andrew, great thoughts uh, as you enlarge our understanding of those things that are going on. And uh, that is just that prompter, isn't it, to pray for our leaders who are making decisions about our international involvement in wars. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Nice talking to you again. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.